Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born the King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler called to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Tell us, O oh Lord, what we need to hear, and show us what we need to do to be followers of Jesus. Amen. 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 When I was growing up in the dark ages, I mean, in the middle years of the last century, my family's celebration of Christmas was shaped by the liturgical tradition of the Southern Baptist Church, which was pretty much the same as the Christian tradition of our secular culture, with one major exception. Back then, preparation for Christmas did not begin at Halloween or before, but not until after Thanksgiving. December was devoted to getting ready for Christmas, which involved putting up Christmas decorations, 
sending Christmas cards to friends and family, and shopping for gifts. We would, attend, we would attend my town's yearly Christmas parade. The children's choir I was in rode in a truck normally used to transport farm animals, and with a nod towards this religious aspect of Christmas, we sang Christmas carols. What child is this, and we three kings of Orient are? Marching bands from the schools played rousing music, and band members hoped they were not placed behind the cowboys on horseback in the parade lineup. I know this because my sister was in one of those bands. And of course, the parade ended with Santa Claus on a North Pole float waving to the cheering crowd and shouting, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, everyone. A week or two before December the 25th, we would get our Christmas tree, always a southern pine. Decorating the tree was a family affair, my father stringing the light, everyone hanging glass balls and ornaments, and the shiny silver temper. <coughs> tinsel went on last. And then the nativity scene was set up under the tree. Mary and Joseph, the baby Jesus in a stable, a donkey, angels, shepherds and sheep, three wise men with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and a camel. There was no Christmas Eve service in the Baptist church, at least back not, at least not back then. So on Christmas Eve, my family gathered together around the tree, and my father would read Luke's account of the birth of Jesus. As my sisters and I grew up, the family expanded to include spouses and grandchildren, and grandchildren were engaged to take working trap and roped in to take part by enacting the story, dressed in bathrobes with a towel covering their heads, each one took a role, Mary and Joseph, of course, and then depending upon how many were present, one or more shepherds and one or more wise men, even though there are no wise men in Luke's story. A doll was baby Jesus, and various stuffed animals filled in as sheep, donkey, camel. After hearing the story, we retold the story by singing Christmas carols about the baby Jesus and the angel and the shepherds and the wise men. And family, finally, we would end this family celebration by singing secular Christmas songs. Rudolph the Red-Headed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Jolly Old St. Nicholas. On Christmas morning, we opened the gifts that had gradually accumulated under the tree and that had been brought by Santa Claus. And then we went to church. Now here my memory differs from that of my sisters. I seem to remember that we went to church every Christmas morning, no matter what day of the week Christmas fell on. My sisters remember that we went only if December the 21st fifth, excuse me, was on the Sunday, but no matter. By noon on December the 25th, Christmas was over, done. 
finished. <laughs> it would take a while to take down the lights and put the decorations away. But on December the 25th, the Christmas season was definitely over and the rest was just clean up after the party. So one of the things I love about the Episcopal Church, loved when I first arrived and continue to love, is the way our church celebrates Christmas. December is still a time of preparation with its own special name, Advent. But we do not prepare for Santa Claus. We prepare for the miracle and mystery of the birth of Jesus Christ, the Christ child. And this beautiful and mysterious season has its own beautiful and mysterious word, Annunciation. The angel's announcement that a baby like no other baby will be born. Annunciation is the name we give to that particular announcement of the angel to Mary that she will have a son, not in the usual way of humans, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this baby will be a unique baby. He will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And along with Mary, we wonder, how can this be? But the angel announces this event to Joseph, to whom Mary is engaged. And when the baby is born, the angel announces the event to nearby shepherds, who in turn announce it to anyone who will listen. The birth of this child has its own beautiful, mysterious word, incarnation the incomprehensible action of the divine God taking human form and flesh as a newborn helpless baby and coming to live among us. And while we may, be, and while we may contender, continue to ponder how can this be, we celebrate this occurrence on December the 25th. But December the 25th is not the end of Christmas, it's the beginning of Christmas, which lasts for 12 days until January 6th. And what better way to end the Christmas season than with another celebration with its own beautiful, mysterious word, epiphany, the manifestation of Christ to the world. While Luke tells us about the Annunciation and the Incarnation, it is Matthew who tells us the story of the Epiphany and the search of wise men, compelled by the appear an appearance of a bright new star, for the church, excuse me, the Epiphany and the search by the wise men, compelled by the appearance of a new star, for the child whose birth was signified to them by that star. Matthew's story is brief. Wise men from the east show up in Jerusalem, where the king lives, asking around for the child who will be born king of the Jews. They know about this young king and heir because of the star that appeared to them when he was born. But no one in Jerusalem seems to know about any such child. 
The ruling king, Herod, is alarmed to hear that a rival to his throne has been born. He consults his own wise men who decide that these foreigners must be referring to the Messiah, who according to prophecy would be born in Bethlehem. So Herod sends the foreigners to Bethlehem to search for the child and instructs them to return to tell him when they find the child. The star leads the wise men to a house in Bethlehem where they are overjoyed to find the child with his mother. They kneel down in worship and give him the gifts they brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then, warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they bypass Jerusalem and return home by another route. In contrast to Luke's story, tradition has attempted to fill in details that Matthew does not supply. No one, no one seems to have been very interested or concerned about what the shepherds' names were or how many of them there were. But there's been a lot of curiosity about these wise men from the East, and tradition has sought to fill in the blanks that Matthew did not consider pertinent. Matthew does not tell us the number of the wise men, but the tradition says there were three, apparently based on the number of gifts that were given. Tradition has enhanced their status from wise men or sages to kings, perhaps because Matthew refers to their treasure chests, and because of the costliness of the gifts they give. So all of the depictions of the wise men in our paintings, stained glass windows, nativity scenes, Christmas cards, show three men dressed in exotic, expensive robes, wearing turbans or perhaps crowns on their heads, not tackles. And finally, tradition has even given these men names, Malcor, Casper, Batser, Batsychar. But just as Luke was not concerned about the identity of the shepherds, Matthew was not concerned about the identity of the wise men. What concerns both Matthew and Luke is the identity of the baby that has been born and the significance of that identity. Incarnation, God come to earth in human form and flesh and living among us. God with us and for us. Matthew has an additional concern about the significance of the baby. He has an epiphany, a realization or discovery or intuitive grasp of the reality of this baby, an aha moment that the God who has come to us in human form and flesh and who is with us is not just with us, whoever us may happen to be, but has come to and for the whole world, no exceptions. The Feast of the Epiphany marks the end of the Christmas season and begins its own season 
which will continue until Ash Wednesday and the beginning of the season of Lent. In this season of Epiphany, we will hear Matthew continue his story, revealing the significance of this baby's identity for us and for the whole world. We will remember and celebrate the mission, mission of the church to share the good news that God is with us and for us to the whole world. In this season, as the light of the sun brightens and strengthens each day, may the light of Christ strengthen and brighten in our own hearts. May we be reminded that we are called to bear the light of Christ into the world and witness to God's love to the places we live, the places we work, the places we play. And may we always welcome all who come to share in this life. Amen. Amen. Amen.